James 5, verses 1 to 6. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the labourers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. It's hard to imagine the kind of people James is talking to here being part of any church, heaping up wealth, self-indulgent, exploiting the poor even to the extent of murdering them. Maybe James wrote this tirade to encourage poor believers. You know, here's what God thinks of those rich people who are exploiting you. Or maybe believers are meant to take it as a warning. This is what money can turn you into. Be careful. Whatever. There are some things here you need to think about. First, hoarding. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be like a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. You have heaped up treasure. Maybe they stored it in barns. Maybe they just dug a hole in the ground to keep it safe. Maybe they put it in the bank. Maybe they invested it in stocks and shares. Whatever, they piled up wealth and that's what James slated them for. When you think about it, hoarding wealth is senseless. Wealth that's heaped up does no good and it loses value over time. It corrodes. And James says if you pile up money, that outright waste will stand as a judgment against you. One day the thought of how you wasted it will torment you. Hoarded wealth, according to James, is a curse. And at the end of verse 3 he gives the knife a twist. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. It's a reminder. These are the last days. These are days of hardship in the world. The poor are starving, children are dying, and you have money in the bank that could be the means of saving them. People are going to hell, and you have money stashed away that could support missionaries. It's not wrong to be rich, but it is foolish and evil to hoard wealth. The second thing you need to think about is fraud. Indeed, the wages of the labourers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. God's word is clear about every believer's responsibility to assist the poor. We certainly mustn't do anything to make their plight worse, or take advantage of them for our own gain, and we definitely mustn't cheat them. 
You have people working for you, says James, and you're withholding their wages or you're not giving them a fair wage. Of course, there are other ways of defrauding people. Paying your bills late, not paying a fair price for work you get done or goods you buy, taking advantage of people who are desperate so that you can get things done or buy your stuff for less, immigrants, people in poorer countries. Do you buy those cheaper foreign goods? I wonder, does that make you party to the fraud? Everybody wants something for nothing, and in my experience, Christians are among the worst for not paying their way. James says, that extra money in your pocket and the plight of those you have defrauded to get it, cry out and are heard by the Lord of hosts, the commander of heaven's armies. Scary thought. The third thing you need to think about is self-indulgence. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Laying out money on pleasure living in ease and comfort, excess. Now, you need rest, of course you do, but not rest for its own sake. You rest so that you can work, not just for the pleasure of it. The Bible calls that laziness. The world sees things the other way round. Instead of resting to work, they say we work so that we can rest and indulge ourselves with pleasure and possessions. It is a constant temptation, isn't it? The old sinful nature in us craves ease and pleasure and advertisers deliberately and constantly appeal to it and we're all suckers for their ploys. I mean, look at it this way. How much do you own that you do not need? At the time you were convinced you had to have it, but now you rarely if ever use it. How come you thought you needed it? You bought the lies of the advertisers and the world around you. How much food goes on your table that you're not able to eat? Or if you do eat it, it's more than's good for you. What about clothes and shoes you buy for the sake of fashion or things you buy because they're nice to have? I don't need to go on. You're getting the idea. You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Now, I'm not saying you should never have a party or enjoy yourself. There is, according to the Bible, such a thing as legitimate feasting, and it is okay to enjoy the fruit of your labours, but not all day, every day. And enjoying the good things in life should never be an end in itself. The good things we have in life are expressions of God's grace, and they ought to lead us to rejoice in him. Can you honestly say that your self-indulgence does that? There are a lot of fat Christians these days. Fat Christians living in fat houses, driving fat cars. And like fat cows stuffing themselves, they're being made ready for the barbecue. That's more or less how James puts it. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Hoarding, fraud, self-indulgence. There's a fourth thing you need to think about when it comes to wealth. Murder. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, he does not resist you. This is about rich people using the power their wealth gives them to destroy other people who are powerless to resist. In James' day, the rich people were the ones in authority. 
If someone got in their way, well, being so powerful, they could just get rid of him and who could argue? They could have ordered his execution if they chose to, or more likely they could use their power to take away from him the means to make a living. Today, a big supermarket chain can drive a small trader out of business with aggressive competition. Or multinational companies can corner a market and force prices up and wages down. Christians wouldn't do that, would they? Maybe not. But we support businesses that do. And they're able to do it because we support them. Money equals power. Whenever you use that power, whether it's the power of your influence or your spending power, whenever you use that power to put another down or do another harm, that's murder. That's what James is talking about. And what was it Jesus said about murder? Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So, four things for you to think about. Four things condemned in the strongest terms. Hoarding wealth, taking advantage of others to acquire it, self-indulgence, doing harm to other people with the power your wealth gives you. Now I know this stirs up some difficult questions that there isn't time to answer now. You'll need to think about them yourself. Questions like, there are some things you have to save for, but where's the line between saving and hoarding? If you run a business, is it possible to avoid aggressive competition and survive? What shops can you go into that don't sell goods tainted by exploitation? Even fair trade isn't fair. Just how much enjoyment and rest can you allow yourself? Yes, this passage stirs up a lot of questions and it calls for some difficult decisions. Sometime around 1740, John Wesley preached a sermon entitled The Use of Money. It's well worth a read and it could help you with some of the difficult questions James has stirred up. Wesley came up with three rules. By the exact observance whereof, we may approve ourselves faithful stewards of the mammon of unrighteousness. People talked like that in those days. Here they are, John Wesley's three rules for the use of money. Number one, gain all you can by honest labour and without breaking any command or neglecting any duty. Number two, save all you can Do not waste the smallest part. Be content with only what is necessary. Number three, give all you can. Meet your obligations. Help the poor. Further the work of the kingdom. You could do worse than follow Wesley's rules. Hoarding wealth, taking advantage of others to acquire it, self-indulgence, doing harm to others with the power wealth gives. Four things that it is well nigh impossible to avoid if you're rich. And let's face it, we are all rich, comparatively speaking. Four things to avoid and a warning that although it's okay to be rich, it's very dangerous. It's a serious disadvantage for a Christian, so handle your wealth with care. Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Mm-hmm.